Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Monday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Hope everyone's had a great Monday. Coming off of the Week Zero college football season, tons of discussion going into the NFL. Final cutdown. All rosters are down to 53 by tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern. We'll have full coverage of that throughout the Tuesday show. Uh, we've been reacting to the weekend previewing a uh, big week to come. Uh, and what was a, you know, a, a blowout weekend of sorts for the top two programs uh, taking center stage, Notre Dame and Southern Cal, although USC went into halftime against San Jose State. It's a one-score one score game where defense was, well, didn't show up for USC. Meanwhile, Chad, Notre Dame throttled Navy in Dublin, and they look way different right out of the gate this year with Marcus Freeman than they did a year ago. That is easily noticeable based on the way we saw the Irish play. A year ago, they went to Columbus, Ohio in week one against Ohio State. Did not look good. Got beaten pretty thoroughly in that game. Then they returned home and lost to Marshall in South Bend in week two. Notre Dame just went to Dublin and waxed Navy. Now they return home to play Eddie George and TSU in South Bend. I am not one to make grand statements about a week zero game and a win over Navy. I'm not one to do that, but I'm going to do it anyways right now. Notre Dame is legit. They are a college football playoff contender. You heard it here first. I truly believe that. Sam Hartman, at 24 years old, is as savvy and accurate a passer you're going to find in all of college football. He was terrific. 19 for 23, 251 yards, four touchdowns, zero turnovers. They have a rising star, I believe, in five-star freshman receiver Jaden Greathouse. From the same high school Drew Brees attended. By the way, Drew Brees would be my comp for Sam Hartman of what he could possibly be in the NFL. Okay, I like this Notre Dame team. Their defense allowed 2.9 yards per carry to what is should be a good Navy rushing attack. I'm not sure how good Navy is, but they can run the ball with the triple option in most years. Audric Estime, the running back, big back, powerhouse, looked really good in that game. I think Notre Dame is going to surprise this year. I am circling. It's November. I'm sorry, September 23rd at home against Ohio State. Big time matchup there. But I think Notre Dame, they got a tough schedule. Uh, They play Florida State. They play Clemson. They play Ohio State. This is a really good team. I I was surprised with how thoroughly they they beat down Navy in this game, Hutton. And I think they're going to do some big things this season. Chad, I love Sam Hartman. They have a non-degree-seeking graduate tran- transfer in Sam Hartman. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a pro. In fact, back during... Uh, during He's a mercenary. Yeah. yeah. During um, spring ball, um, he said... Uh, the quote was... He, he apologized. 
uh, to uh, Professor John Fitzgerald, just in case Hartman's New Testament exam earlier in the day didn't go over that well. <laughs> the non-degree seeking graduate student at Notre Dame. Not a bad, uh, it's not a stressful academic workload. The man fashioned, or his mother, fashioned a necklace out of his removed rib. And he has the bone of his rib at the end of a necklace. The way we would have a shell back in the day if you went to the beach. This guy has a piece of his rib cage. If that's not a guy you can root for, I, I don't know who you're rooting for. I don't want to know who you're rooting for. But I'm rooting for Sam Hartman. Notre Dame looked really good. I, I, I was impressed. We knew that he was going to be a big addition for anyone wherever he ended up. Uh, Notre Dame gets him, and, and I think they're going to do huge things. And Marcus Freeman was, I mean, for someone three games into his tenure, was circling the drain a year ago around this time after two weeks into the season yeah, and starting 0-2 the way he did. It, it, it's going to be a nice bounce back this year for that program and for Freeman. Well, and now, I mean, that's the – that's the mark that Notre Dame can absolutely leave on the college football playoff. If they're in the mix for the, the, for the four, and they have been, think about what that means for this expansion for the 12th team a year from now. You know, the debate for who's in, who's out now, you'll have the top programs in, and the transfer portal is still going to go crazy. I love it, though. It's like, uh, apologies if uh, the New Testament exam doesn't go so well. But kind of 24 years old. Kind of don't, yeah, just going to focus on the, the necklace and falling out. Not bad for, uh, is it Parker, the last name, the guy that took over for Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator? It's a great debut yeah. there, too. Yeah. Uh, Chad, wonderful debut uh, for Brett Yormark as he took over for the Big 12. And, you know, he was at Texas Tech at the quarterback's club, kickoff luncheon recently. And he, speaking in Lubbock, he said, hey, make sure you take care of business against the Longhorns. Uh, we'll be watching November 24th. He's already previewing the head-to-head matchups against Texas, who bolts after this season for the SEC. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, Chad, during the week one presser for the Longhorns, in response, which is, I, I mean, here we go. It, every, all eyes on Texas and Oklahoma as they leave, even with the commissioner in your mark. Quote from Sarkeesian. You know, I got a letter from the commissioner about sportsmanship the day before that speech. Men- he mentioned that, they were um, looked at as they're going to be the, they had to play the bad guy, right? They were ready for, for all of the, the trash talk. Quote, so I'm trying to figure out what we are promoting to our student athletes and then go out and say those type of things. I'm not guessing he's going to be having his Thanksgiving dinner with us the night before the game. Mentioning the Texas Tech and their victory over the Longhorns last year. Trying to run it back. First win since Michael Crabtree played for Texas Tech against Texas. I mean, look, there's there's nothing unsportsmanlike. We said, I know who's behind us, and that's okay. Now let's go play. Yeah, there's nothing unsportsmanlike about what Brett Yormark said to the Texas Tech Raider Club or whatever it was when he you know talked about taking care of business against the team that's bolting for another conference. Well, he said they they made uh, he made a comment at Big Twelve Media Days where he said we'd rather beat Alabama than Kansas State. Sarkeesian? Yeah. Maybe they do. Well, Big so, 12, Dick Chubb will uh, certainly cheer for them against Bama uh, this year. Here's what Steve Sarkeesian needs to fight against, and I'm for this part of it. He has to start laying some suppressing fire back at Brett Yormark and everyone else 
to avoid his team getting a bad whistle. <laughs> That's what I'd be worried about. That's that a that great may point. be overly, you know, conspiracy theorist, but when you have the commissioner of the league talking to the Texas Tech Red Raider Club saying, I hope you boys take care of business against those dad blasted Texas Longhorns come November, whenever it is they're going to play. And that's not how Brett Yormark talks. I wish he talked like a cowboy like that. The Big 12 commissioner should talk like a cowboy, even if he doesn't. That's what you got to guard against. And Brian Kelly down there. So if you're Steve Sarkis, yeah, <laughs> I need you all to get with your families <laughs> come November 6th and cheer on them Red Raiders. Guns up, weekend. boys. Guns up. Yeah. Is that where they are? Guns up with the Red Raiders. Um, maybe that's Oklahoma State. Either way, doesn't matter. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, every one of the Big 12 that's not Oklahoma or Texas wants them to lose every single game, Brett Yormark included. What you cannot have if you're Steve Sarkeesian, especially with this team, and where every season is important when you're the Texas Longhorns head coach, is any sense of impropriety that bleeds over to the officiating crews in games against Big 12 opponents on your way out. I don't think that's going to be an issue, but you better believe... With Brett Yormark saying this, every time they get a bad call, Texas fans are going to be screaming from the mountaintops that the fix is in because of some of this bad blood about them leaving. Have we heard anything from Oklahoma in the same regard? No. Oklahoma, Even after, from last, uh, after Brent Venable's first year, has been very But silent. even from Yormark, like, like is, it, is he also saying that to like Oklahoma State? I guess I'm he sure if he's to. asked to speak there and they put, you know, someone's reporting on it or rolls uh, cell phone I love footage Brett of Yormark, it, man. Like you're he, probably going to hear the transparent, same thing. Very transparent and with the emotion, the feeling, and, and, and the bedlam, business side of it. Come bedlam. I expect the pokes of Oklahoma State to roll them Sooners. Can, uh, can I get a, 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 what is the, is it go, Guns Up? Guns is up. Texas Tech. Go Pokes. They got, they've got some sort of stupid Cowboy also. Up? I don't know. Cowboy up. Cowboy up. Go Pokes. Come November. Yeah. yeah. So, look, I, I would be worried and nervous if I was so – I don't know about worried. or ner- I, I would get word out that we don't like how we're being spoken about by the league office. Let's get through this in a fair way. We want out. You want us out. We've made our decision. You've made your decision on who's coming into the Big 12. Let's ease this transition and let's just get a fairly officiated game every time we play and then we'll be on our way and you're not going to have to worry about us again. That's what I would guard against if I'm Steve Sarkeesian. And I can understand that sentiment if you're him, especially when the commissioner's talking trash about you with other programs. Your mark being transparent, the Big Ten also attempting to be just that with uh, the uh, implementation of injury reports for the 2023 season. Coming from Commissioner Tony Petiti, uh, the Big Ten is going to distribute player availability reports on the Big Ten web- website, and then they will put them and push them through social media. Um, look, that they're, right now it's on a program-by-program basis. You make your own rules and policies for media access to injury reports or not, whatever you want to do there. There's no guidelines. These are guidelines at least on the surface level, where the Big Ten is using this exactly for the reasons you would expect. Transparency and trying to, at least on the surface level, protect the integrity of the game when it comes to sports wagering and all the apps and different things that are out there. They don't want 
someone knowing information about the quarterback or any player for that matter uh, who is or is not going to play their availability for Saturday's matchup travel schedule whatever it might be and then headed over to DraftKings Sportsbooks and placing that wager based on insider information they're trying to avoid it they're trying to be transparent where uh, the NFL certainly does this too Uh, as far as the details go like LSU is going to give uh, and through Brian Kelly his he wanted to do it on his own they're just going to say he's either out or he's questionable but that's more than anything you're going to get from Nick Saban who won't even tell you who the backup running back is current yeah I'm shocked that Brian Kelly's doing that when he doesn't have to they should have to do it I'm glad that he's doing it and I'm glad that Tony Petiti and the Big Ten are taking these steps it's it's what should happen the biggest betting scandal in college sports this past offseason or this past year was Alabama's head baseball coach getting fired. Well, why did he get fired? Because he was betting big through someone else on a game in which his starting pitcher was getting pulled before the game started because of injury or whatever it may be, right? When it's that visible and you have insider knowledge to that level and things being done, I I get that this could still happen at any times. And and I understand that every college athletic program out there is probably concerned if this, if betting is legal in their state, they're hoping they're not the next one to be Iowa, where the Iowa state gaming commission starts to investigate college athletes in the state, because they could very well be next. And their defensive tackle suspended for the year for that. You take all precautions that you can and just appear to be on the up and up. They need injury reports in college football. A lot of people are betting on these games. It is big time. A lot of people are watching these games, especially in the Big Ten and the SEC. Greg Sankey's had no problem leading college sports in many ways. Tony Petiti is leading college sports, right? The Big Ten commissioner failed to lead in the right way during COVID, where Greg Sankey sat back, looked at all the options, and came up with a way to play a shortened season. And then the Big Ten had to follow. Mm-hmm. Right, They made a mistake, and then Kevin Warren had to admit the mistake and follow the SEC. Ohio State and Nebraska were considering going independent for the year. Absolutely. Here is an example where the SEC, SEC should now follow. They should follow what the Big Ten is, is talking about doing and come up with a plan to have an injury report. And you're right, what's best for everyone. It's the first time that a Power Five conference has had a conference-wide initiative when it comes to this policy. Um, and again... Brian Kelly will tell you, and he said it publicly, LSU and reporters asking him about it, because he doesn't have to turn in injury reports. He's like, look, it's really not that big of an advantage. Like, I don't really care if you guys know. I don't care if the opponent knows who's playing or who's not, because they probably have a good sense anyway. And it's our game plan's our game plan. We're game planning against the opponent, and if a guy's not available, well, our game plan's going to be the advantage or the disadvantage not the player uh, who may or may not be playing. And it, that's even with, uh, there's gonna, if a guy is questionable, he's questionable. That's still not telling you if he's playing or not. But that is way more transparent than what we're getting, even from access. But Chad, what would you say? The average reporter gets, what, 15 to 20 minutes to watch, basically stretch and individual drills? And then for the most part in the SEC, they're asked to leave the indoor practice facility or the, the uh, practice area. Yeah, they have, go back they to the have media sources room. they can get with and, and find some things out. But 
They're giving very but little access. You could sit there and watch it. I don't know? know what I like more. Brian Kelly's thoughtfulness and just saying it's really not that big of an advantage, not a big deal, as opposed to Nick Saban and him acting like it's the end of the world to give out a depth chart. I really prefer Brian Kelly this. I don't know what I like more, though, that or his southern accent that he put on last year when he was calling Baton Rouge at the press conference. I tell you this. Uh, he went away from the southern accent, though. Neither decision, either to give injury reports or to not give a depth chart, will affect how good both of those programs will be this year. They'll yeah. be exactly Should. what we expect them to be. I want Brian Kelly to give his injury updates in the Southern accent. <laughs> that should be the only time that he breaks it out. He should go through with the Southern accent and, and give his reports that way. No depth chart for Alabama. That would affect Tim Brando if he were calling the game. He certainly called the best game of the weekend. Nothing San Diego Tim State when he's against Ohio. No, he would learn the depth chart fast. He probably Quickly. would be able to get it hands-on. Uh, Timmy B., joins us we take a glance at the upcoming schedule for college football the biggest storylines and we talk landscape why he hates it and why he's in love with the current model versus what we may see in the future that's next with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com sixth and peabody location with ehop beer and old smoky moonshine hot my with hunter withrow rolls on chad uh, for a brief moment over the weekend I could close my eyes. Yes. And I could, for uh, again, just for a brief moment, feel like we weren't in the college football bubble that is uh, realignment, expansion, money over, you know, rivalry, anything. You know, you why? felt like it was just college football, is what you're saying. If for a I, rare moment. I watched a San Diego State Ohio preview. With our next guest and Spencer Tillman. Timmy B joins us. Uh, Tim Brando, Fox Sports, <laughs> on the call. Of Just the be- felt Best right. game of the weekend, by the way. Yeah, it was a, it was an old school throwback uh, sound, Tim. And I mean that in the best way. Good to have you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, you both uh, uh, are a little biased, I think, but I'll take it. I will take it and I'll run with it for as long as I can. So... Uh, we made a um, a pact uh, before the game that uh, only at mop-up time and only when there was nothing at stake would we go down that that big-picture road. And um, I appreciate your having noticed. Yeah, I man. really do. Absolutely. I, 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 this is about your game, but also just one question about conference expansion for you, okay? <laughs> uh, you, were, you, you were at San Diego State, right? And the, that that is yeah. one program that has talked a lot about, you know, Big 12, Pac-12, trying to make yeah. the move up. What's your impression of that program, of that school, of the support in that program, and the merits right. of them possibly making a move? I did talk to their athletic director, really good guy, young guy, um, and um, a Southern Miss graduate, by the way. Wow. And uh, he, he was tutored by the great Bill McClellan back in the day in Hattiesburg. And uh, uh, I'm not really sure how long he's been the athletic director of San Diego State, but 
you know, they they were very much in the news uh, about a month or so back with regard to a letter that had been sent to the Mountain West, uh, which when the media got a hold of it and it went um, viral, it appeared as though it was an exit letter. But it really wasn't. It was more of a we just want you to answer some questions letter because we have um, some potential here. And at the time, the potential was for San Diego State, along with a few others out of the Mountain West, to maybe uh, migrate into the Pac-12, which which I'm sure was something that had been discussed, not just with them, but with several schools, Fresno State, Boise State, maybe, maybe others, who knows. But uh, in talking with him, basically, uh, it was misconstrued by the media, but to some extent, uh, he was just uh, giving due diligence to what what can we do? What need? What do we need to do if we choose to possibly um, change uh, addresses? They, there was a, a, a calendar date when you know the exit fee would be seventeen million or maybe even more than that. So, uh, regardless of what they did uh, with both the president and and uh, the AD, uh, they did the right thing by checking the waters and also by staying put. Clearly. Uh, because now the Mountain West appears to be uh, a potential landing spot uh, for Pac-12 teams that are left over. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, I believe the American Conference is also involved uh, in conversation. So there's a little push-pull thing going on. Uh, He did not rule out, by the way, the potential of the Pac-12 hanging on if, in fact, Stanford and Cal choose not to go to the ACC, which I would say is a 50-50 proposition at best. Uh, And certainly, I'm not going to try to predict what those schools are going to do because I don't think football, uh, college football, has ever been a priority uh, for either one. They've not reinvested back into their programs. They've taken uh, the television money in the past that they've gotten and given it to academics or to their Olympic sports. They've not reinvested uh, either one of those schools in the Bay Area into the college football program. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, David Shaw's Stanford team fell on hard times after a remarkable run, really, for about a decade or more. So we'll see. But um, uh, I was impressed with their facilities, uh, particularly on campus. The stadium itself, which is right next door to where the old Qualcomm, Jack Murphy Stadium, if you prefer, uh, stadium was, a few miles, obviously, from the campus, but man, is it good. Uh, The broadcast location was as good as any I've been in. It would rival TCU's, and they they spent a lot more than $300 on theirs, and they did it with private funds. Um, The stadium seats about thirty five. I think they probably had about twenty to 22,000 there the other day, Uh, and the home folks were, were there. I think if they played a team that traveled a little better than uh, the Max Ohio University, then it, it would have been probably close to 30, 35,000. But um, everything about their program looks big time to me. Uh, and certainly Brady Hoke knows how to coach a big time program. So uh, Spencer and I were thoroughly impressed with what we saw. Tim Brando with us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Timmy B uh, on the call this coming Friday. Friday Night Lights uh, with yeah, Michigan State yeah. hosting Central Michigan, the Chippewas. I'm looking at the uh, uh, DraftKings right now, Tim. I mean, it's it's a close game. You should have another it is. solid game as yeah. Mel Tucker. I, I'm I'm curious as you begin your uh, your look into that and and the the prep going into the game, the vibe around mm-hmm. Mel Tucker, the highly paid head coach for the Spartans, and the expectations there with that program. Well, they're big, 
And at that price tag, they're going to be big. I don't think his job is necessarily in jeopardy. Um, Matt Ishbia, who now, you know, is owning a, a franchise in the NBA, but also uh, put together all that money uh, quickly to hold on to uh, the opportunity of, of, of getting us a guy like Mel and to hold on to him when Walker had that breakthrough year and, uh, and put them in a position to do what they did. Uh, to get that number up to around nine million dollars, I, I don't think he's. I don't think another five win year is going to cost him his job, but it's certainly going to change the culture of his program. What he's trying to do, and that means they can't afford to lose to a MAC opponent, not with who they've got to play in the schedule that's in front of them uh, in the Big Ten. So it's very important for them. Uh, the Chippewas are really good, uh, and to your point about. Uh, a, a close game last week's game in week zero you're right it was the most competitive game it wasn't pretty at times and and certainly um ohio losing rourke uh to injury and by the way i'm told now from talking to some people uh his exit was precautionary okay. uh, because their schedule does pick up and ucla they play in two weeks it's a it's a murderer's row of non-conference games they've got uh coming up and they certainly want to win the mac you know they got to the title game a year ago uh, I think that they gave the ball to C.J. Harris because they didn't want to go out there, run the risk of losing a game and their quarterback at the same time. Um, and that's sort of, that's really what we were presuming when we didn't see him in the second half. Um, but but to the point about Michigan State, Central Michigan's really, really good. It should be very competitive. And whenever you've got a game like that, fellas, uh, Spencer and I really prefer working on Friday night. We did an Iowa uh, Penn State game a couple of years ago, and it turned out to be a blowout because uh, actually it was Maryland and Pitt State. It was Maryland. Maryland was 3-0. and uh, Tonga Vailoa was quarterbacking, had some good numbers, but his best receiver got hurt on a kickoff return, and it turned into a blowout. The game still do, uh, drew better than 3 million viewers. It was the highest-rated uh, game on FS1 in its, in its history, and, and the, the network is just now 10 years old. So – a lot of eyeballs are on these Friday night games. And when you put a game like that on Saturday, like for mm. instance, um, a comparable game would be Wisconsin and Buffalo, right? Yes. Uh, that game will be on Saturday. And a lot of people won't see that game you're because there's just too much competition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're buried. So we love opportunities to do the Friday night game. And on a personal note, it makes me really happy because I can get home <laughs> on Saturday in time to run to Monroe, Louisiana and see my man Terry Bowden a coach I recommended for the job at ULM, finally coach a game since he's taken the job. He's in his third year, and awesome. they open with a long gray line of Army. Mm. The cadets are coming in, so I'm going to be able to finally see the Warhawks uh, take on um, uh, Army on uh, on on Saturday night. So I'm I'm happy to be doing a game on Friday. That's a tough opponent, Chad, to uh, uh, prepare start, for yeah. right out of the gate. I, yeah, I, I'm a little. But you'd torn. rather you'd rather you'd rather have all summer to prepare. Yeah. For. You would. Yeah, it's yeah. great for you schedule-wise. I'm always a little torn on the Friday night game because I love high school football and the tradition of that on Friday night. But I'm also selfish that I love to watch, if I'm at home, watch a good college <laughs> football game on TV. So I love the different night games, and I well, love Friday night yeah. college football for that very reason, watching at home. Well, well, one of the reasons for it is college football screwed that up from a television standpoint. You know, they, they had Thursday night. I mean, they had it, and then they let mm -hmm. it go. And they, they, they allowed the schools to dictate to them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was at ESPN, you know, back in the dinosaur era. And the old uh, athletic director at BYU 
Glenn Tuckett, I'll never forget him. He told our programming vice president, Lauren Matthews, many years ago, he said, I'll play for you Thursday night anytime. Just don't ask me to play on Sundays. <laughs> and uh, well, I went out to BYU a gazillion times to do WAC games, you know, when the WAC conference was in vogue. And um, I think a lot of eyeballs are there. Now, look, I understand where if it's a place that's where college football is religion, you don't want to mess with Friday nights. And there's a lot of pressure on schools like Ohio State, Michigan, uh, huge schools like Alabama and um, uh, and LSU not to play on Fridays. I, I, I understand that. But if you're a program in the middle or second tier of a big time conference and you're trying to get people to watch you, you know, you're Purdue, you're Indiana, you're you're Michigan State, not Michigan, and you want more eyeballs on your game, why not play on Friday? And by the way, with from what I've been able to see recently, this is a sad commentary on our country, I know, but it's true. Um, some of these high school games now that are played in downtown metropolitan urban areas, it's just not safe. Fans aren't going anywhere. You know, they really aren't. So you need to play in small stadiums. You need to keep it on the campus, apparently, uh, and, and keep your fans as safe as you possibly can. I, I just think there's a place for a game on Friday night uh, and, and, and to give the viewers. It's been proven that the, the viewership is there because the mm -hmm. ratings are through the roof, whether the games are on ESPN or, or Fox or FS1, I should say. So you'll be at UL Monroe and Army on Saturday, Saturday night, night, calling yeah. the game on Friday yeah. night. Will your Sunday plans yeah. include watching LSU and Florida <laughs> State? Yes, but I will be doing so uh, in Mississippi because it's my daughter Tara's uh, birthday on September the 5th. My granddaughter, uh, her daughter, Wilma Scarlett, our firstborn grandchild, her birthday on the 7th of September. So we're going to party. Well, happy we're birthday to both party. of them. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to dress up. And uh, Monroe's halfway to Jackson. It's about 100 miles from Shreveport. It's about 100 miles, about 80 miles from Monroe to, to Madison, Mississippi. So we're going to spend Sunday and Monday, Labor Day, with, uh, with them. And then we'll head, um, we'll head west after that for USC and Stanford uh, in a late night tilt. We'll pack 12 after dark. It'll be a 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern time start on Fox on September the 9th. So we'll get to see Caleb and the boys, see if that defense of uh, USC gets any better. It, it gave up 396 to do you know the way to San Jose over the weekend. <laughs> and you'll get to find out if Stanford has a conference or not, a uh, landing spot next yeah, year yeah, when you go to that yeah, game. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. You know, I feel for their plight. I, I do, and I've been to the farm many times, but uh, I think those schools have to look in the mirror, fellas. I mean, they do. Uh, there's a reason why they're homeless right now. And they can either be part of the solution for the Pac-12 or they can roll their dice and say, all right, uh, we better join our brethren and start thinking about following people to the ACC. I just don't believe that it's a fait accompli that this ACC uh, collaboration is going to come to fruition. I, I have a hard time with it because too many of those schools have unrest. Yeah. And when you're as vulnerable as both Stanford and Cal are, uh, I don't know how much sense that makes. I, I think if Washington State and Oregon State, in my mind, uh, have programs now that are valuable. You know, they've both invested in their programs. Uh, Jonathan Smith's done a great job uh, in Corvallis. That team could win the Pac-12. They're one of about a handful of teams that could. Uh, Wazoo, with a brand-new young coach, they're good. I mean, uh, if they were to go into any conference right now, they would add value. 
And um, Stanford and Cal, yeah, they add a, a great deal of academic value, hence the whole ACC thing. You know, their university really matches up well with our universities, AAU, all that stuff. Uh, but in terms of, of, of college football and the investment made into college football at those places, uh, they may not be huge markets, Pullman, Washington, and, uh, and uh, Corvallis, Oregon, but they've got great football programs right now, and they're on the rise. So, you know, I think they're in an advantageous position, whether they go um, Mountain West, American, uh, or, or if uh, the Big 12 wanted to reach out and touch them, which I guess possibly they could. I just think they've got more options than a lot of their fans believe. Great, Timmy B. Tim Brando, catch him uh, this Friday, Michigan State and Central Michigan uh, with uh, Spencer um, Tillman. Yes? I just wanted to mention this. I, I don't know if you guys checked Twitter. Uh, I know you did earlier, but I cannot believe that Nick Saban oh, yeah. chose we're, not to put out a depth chart. We're I don't running know if on you guys that. were going to go down that yeah, We've got that we've coming up. About it, yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. Tim, okay. Pageantry, so the pageantry is back. <laughs> College football, the tailgating is back. <laughs> Timmy B is back, hopefully back with us soon. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, he's no better than Harbaugh in doing that. He <laughs> really is. Brando, FS1. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our thanks to Tim Brando for joining us, Michelle Tafoya as well, Bobby Carpenter earlier in today's show. Catch all those on demand anytime. Head over to the YouTube channels where you can find the Outkick channel. Search out Outkick, hit the subscribe, and join us in the chat uh, each day. How about Timmy B taking the shot at uh, Nikki S? Yeah. Saving on the way out about the lack of uh, a depth chart. Depth chart, uh, of course would help from the broadcast perspective. Injury reports will be released for the Big Ten. Hopefully the SEC. Other conferences should follow. Well, it's one thing to put out the depth chart that Across every coach does now about the or. Everyone is or. It's a starter or this yeah. on their two deep, so they don't really give starters. But Saban's not even doing like or, or, or. No, I just I, – I don't like – I would have preferred Nick Saban just saying, like, I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to and I don't have to. I, I just didn't like his explanation of – it's a distraction to let guys know they're not the starter. <laughs> what? It's dumb. It's I don't want anyone to feel to... like guys are going to be like, oh, you're a starter and I'm not, and they're going to be mad. And I'm thinking, how long have you done this? How much respect do you have? A ton. They're just going to deal with it like they do every year that you release a depth chart. There will be Or they're chart. not, and they're going to be gone. Oh, but did you think this changed the line at DraftKings against no. MTSU? I don't, no. even, I don't even know what the line. What is the line? Chad, look that up for me. While I, oh, I'm going to uh, find it right now. We go... We can play this game, place the bet as, as if the game's already been played. You've, uh, like. you've got me interested, Hutton. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, now's the time, if you haven't, to, to sign up. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go. First-time users, exclusive deal. Begin by just depositing as little as 5 bucks into your Sportsbook account. You make your first bet of at least $5 or more in any game. And here's the kicker. You don't only get cash winnings from your bet, but you'll also instantly pocket $200 in bonus bets. And those bonus bets are rolling in as eight separate $25 bonus bets. So you've got plenty of chances to up your game. Terms and conditions apply. 
21 or over in a legal betting state. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And uh, OutKick is your one stop for betting content. OutKick.com slash bet. What's that line? Minus 39 for the Tide. Got to go 40 plus to win that one. I'm reluctant. Breaking in a new uh, starter you're, quarterback. You're That's a lot points. of points. I would take MTSU to cover 39. I wow. Would. I, I, mean, I, I, think, I, I think Nick Saban may take the foot off the gas late, too. <laughs> I think this is more like a 36-point game. Chad, these are the games I hate, all right? These are – and I, I'm a middle grad. These are the games – I'm even speaking against my team who's taking the money here. Yeah. It is not Alabama's problem if the other school can't make their budget. Can't balance the books. If you have to play a game to go lose, you're being paid to lose. Got to get out of the red. That is not the problem of the team. The team is using you for a win, and now based on schedule requirements, they can do this, but they've also got to get a Power 5 opponent. Whatever. The uh, Games like this, while sometimes you get the crazy upset, by and large, it's a lot like we saw in week zero and you know the 39 point spread cool for fans to go to tuscaloosa if you haven't i'm considering making the trip if not i'll be at nissan stadium checking out the balls and uh, virginia but chad i mean while we do have the moments of the crazy upsets i it's not really on a big time power five to make sure that the, the, the directional schools are able to play volleyball. It's just not their problem. And, and that, that, that is used as the excuse. And to me, I think it's as much BS as, it, it, it like, it, oh, we're, we're, the, we're a charity. Like, we, we are help. It's, it's a we're guarantee a, game. We are philanthropy. We, it, we are, we're, a, we're no different than the fraternity down on Frat Road yeah, it, that's raising a, money for the local YMCA. No, I mean, th- this is no different than Saban saying, uh, we don't want to embarrass those who are backups. It, well, it's, it's as worthless it's a of an excuse game. as that. It's a guarantee game. And I, whatever excuse they make, it's definitely done in a way for a school to guarantee a win almost all the time and then to guarantee a big paycheck to those schools that need it. I would ask the question, though, what if it we're doing it about the student-athlete, would the MTSU players want to go play a game at Alabama? I would say yes, sure. even if they're going to get killed. Right, so it is good for now. Someone's gonna come back and say, "Well, what about when they get injured and they play teams they shouldn't be playing and they're getting whipped and this and that?" It's probably not a great experience when you're down fifty in these games if you're getting really blown out. But I also think that if we're circling it back to what's best for the student athletes, which these schools and coaches always like to claim they're about the student athlete, I think that it is cool for the student athlete experience. If you are, let's just see here in this opening week, if you are UMass and you get to go to the Plains and play at Auburn, that's pretty cool for a kid from Amherst, Massachusetts to go to an SEC venue and play that game. If I was on UMass's roster, even if I know I'm probably going to get killed, I'd love to play in a game like that. So I see it both ways on that. It's definitely charity, though. Well, There's it's, no way around. It's, it's a revenue a generator for a group of five, and I, I understand why you have to do it because you have to st- keep your head above water. But I mean, it, it's uh, you know they're getting a million and a half. Tennessee State, HBCU is getting one point five to go to Notre Dame, and Middle, 
uh, the, they're getting the same paycheck to go to Bama. Again, like it just, it's not on Bama to keep your athletic department afloat. It's on your athletic department. For anyone, I'm saying. There are some shockingly similar lines in these games, of these guarantee games. Okay. You ready for this? Alabama, a 39-point favorite over Middle Tennessee. Okay. Texas A&M is a 38-point favorite over New Mexico. Los Lobos coming to town. Um, where was the other one? Auburn is a 36-and-a-half-point, all within three wow. points, 36-and-a-half-point favorite over UMass. Those are the lines available because the other one's unavailable because it's not an FBS opponent. <laughs> Alabama A&M Vandy, uh, UT Martin in Georgia. Wow, that is going to be ugly. <laughs> Southeast Again, Louisiana versus Mississippi State. Western, Western Carolina traveling to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. Lines are unavailable. And so some, some of these uh, universities now are paying out the, the academic reward. You know, you can pay up to what? Is it $5,000 or something is what you can pay based on certain academic uh, achievements through the university for the player? Yeah. You can choose to do it or not. Some opted in, some don't. Um, yeah, you know UAB. They're saying that their student athletes are paid five thousand four hundred twenty-two dollars per year to cover the full cost of attendance and unlimited meals. Again, that's that's why they're playing the money games. Yeah. Tennessee, and, by the way, is a bigger favorite on a neutral site against Virginia than Kentucky is at home against Ball State. Twenty-eight to twenty-six and a half points. Kentucky. I didn't think Virginia sucked that bad. Well, they haven't in years past, but uh, they had the tragedy last year where they just canceled yeah. the rest of their season. Right. So they haven't played since then. One of their quarterback options, one guy transferred. The other one is a star baseball player decided to focus on baseball. So I believe that their, only, their starting quarterback is a transfer from Monmouth in New Jersey from like Division Two, is going to start for them this season. They're just depleted roster-wise. They lost a lot off last year's team that was not good. And uh, they've had all the other stuff happen around their program, uh, so now they're, they're they're just they're depleted. But yeah, they're I, I was they're over under in at DraftKings is three and a half, same as Vandy. This Wins game looks way different two years ago, three years ago when it was. Oh yeah. is it replaced? Which game did it replace? BYU. Yeah, Tennessee was going to be in Provo, Utah yeah. to start the season. That's it. Yeah, it, 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 even at the time you're like, well, neutral side against Virginia. It's a you're not having to make that trip, but. Well, when I case, saw it 28 a, points, when, and that's it, you it raised stayed, an eyebrow to that. It stayed right where it opened. I think this summer, you know, months ago, it was 28 points, Tennessee, and it stayed right there the entire time. So, may not be very close here in Nashville. Tomorrow, uh, NFL rosters have to be trimmed down to the maximum uh, amount allowed, 53 players on the active roster. Right now, rosters are at 90. Some teams have gone ahead and made some cuts. Some haven't. Uh, but all of the cuts will be made by tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. The game within the game is this. You've got a player who's banged up, and he's a fringe player for the first month of the season if he's going to be available or not. They will initially make the roster because if you send them to injured reserve right now, you're out for the entire NFL season. If you are on injured reserve after you make the initial 53-man roster you are only required to sit out. You can return after four games. So there will be injured players 
that will make the roster and then go to injured reserve, and that opens up a roster spot for another player. So roster spot 54-55 may actually end up making the team, but not the initial 53. And then you also have, if a team is going to roll the dice a bit and only keep two quarterbacks, I think most keep three because of the emergency quarterback status. But if you have two healthy quarterbacks going into week one, do you want to use the extra roster spot because it does count against your 53, not on your game day 48, but your 53, on a quarterback or another position. And you can keep three quarterbacks to begin your 53, let other teams make their moves, then cut one of your three, have them clear waivers, Chad, then they're back on your practice squad, which is, again, 16 people, and you can call those guys up on game day. Those, that's the, the toying with the, with the rules where there will be players that say they made the roster and then they're cut immediately after only because the team that cuts you is trying to keep you on the practice squad instead of going to another team. Do we need more than 53 on a roster? I don't think so. Not right now. It's already already very specialized. And here's the other thing, too. Uh, More than 53 on a roster, um, there are a lot of just fringe players that are just playing special teams or inactive. There are only 48 players active on game day. And with that, eight, eight of them have to be offensive linemen. It's incredible when you watch, you know, we're talking a lot of college football today with this being the opening week of college football, but you watch college football teams run through the tunnel, <laughs> the NFL team on the yeah. road <laughs> when they're running through the tunnel. Uh, you know, that's, it's a very big difference. You're three times the size when the team's at home and they've got all the walk-ons and everyone come through. Uh, it's a complete army compared to the NFL. I mean, and the roster sizes are the way they are, so you're not paying – you know, the, 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 the money locks in after week one, going into week one, the guaranteed money. Then after that, a, a certain veteran salaries are just week to week instead of the signing bonus and then everything's locked in in a payment plan. So uh, some of the veterans out there may make the roster after week one or going on a Saturday, going into a Monday uh, when it's just a weekly salary and the team's not on the hook for anything else. That's the other factor in all of it. Trey Lance, meanwhile... He's making the roster in Dallas. They traded a fourth-round pick to San Francisco in exchange for the number three overall pick just a couple of years ago. He's only played in eight games. He's attempted 420 passes total in college and the NFL combined. And Kyle Shanahan dished out three first-round picks and a mid-round pick in the future to move up and draft him. And within the blink of an eye, not only does... Jimmy G head to Vegas after they luck out and keep him on the roster last year. They end up with Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, who comes in coming off of the elbow surgery and is the unquestioned starter. Meanwhile, Lance could not beat out Sam Darnold. Now he sits behind and watches as a third string currently in Dallas. It's also tough to even criticize the 49ers for one of the worst trades in NFL history, given what they gave up to trade up and get Trey Lance because they plug in Brock Purdy and they're in the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy as quarterback. It's incredible what they're able to do more with less constantly for that franchise. So on one hand, it's huge disappointment, huge bust, awful trade. And on the other hand, it's, well, you can still win with Brock Purdy well, at they quarterback. Can, so they can still win, you. but we've only seen a very small they haven't snapshot won all yet, though, of Brock Purdy. 
Yeah. You know, seven games to finish last season, and then the we saw the the playoff run where he ends up getting hurt and can't throw a forward pass because his elbow. Have so no fear, up. Sam Darnold is here, Hutton. That is what Sam Fran will tell you. He is the backup for a reason. They have faith in Sam Samuel the Darnold. Man Darnold on the one year contract. King Samuel. <laughs> He's back. We will be back 3 o'clock Eastern back. on Tuesday. Hope you'll Maybe. join us right here across the Outkick Network for Hot Mike with Unnie Withrow. Great night, everyone.